What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Money Podcast. Tonight, we are cracking some beers and we are talking about some stocks that you can buy and hold forever. Now, b- before you jump down our throats, when we say forever, we're kind of saying like within our lifetime, we know nothing is quote forever. Or if something happens to these companies, that's going to be the least, the least of our worries. We have not talked about these stocks, so it's going to be all off the cuff. If, if you are new to this podcast, my name is Brad Finn, and I am joined by Mr. Drink Beer Buy Stocks, JJ Buckner. How we doing, bud? Let's go, baby. Drink beer, buy stocks. No, I'll do this. I think, I think this is our first stock episode. We've been waiting for it. So this is going to be like episode like 22, and we haven't really talked about stocks because with the podcast starting off and you know growing initially, we want more of that evergreen content as people learned about the podcast. They could go back and with some kind of stock news and such, it could be a little like time stamped. But then we're like, holy, we could talk about buy and hold stuff. And that's going to be timeless. And that's going to be things that people can talk about. So we put a list together. I think we decided on five or so, five stocks that we would buy and hold forever. And if some of them overlap, depending on what the title of this episode comes out to be, we'll know how many uh, original ones we had. So let me ask you this then. Do you, did you have any sort of criteria going into this? Because you, you, you and I literally didn't speak at all about like what we could pick, what was you know hands-on, hands-off, or off-limits. Do you have a criteria picked? Because I kind of wanted to throw a, a few different things in there. So first answer that question, and then I'll let you know how I did mine. No criteria. My only criteria was these are stocks that I currently own. So that's one. Like I, I wasn't going to tell people about anything ever that I don't do. So that was one criteria. I own it. And I literally, barring major, major catastrophe, I can't see myself ever selling it. Yeah. I. Uh, so I own all of mine as well. And again, I do want to make this disclaimer real quick. This is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. Disclaimers, Brad and I both mentioned we do own these stocks. Uh, we just don't want people taking this advice and going to buy these stocks and put them in their portfolio just because Brad and I talked about it. It's very important that as an investor, you go and do your own research. But with all that being said, yes, Brad, I had a criteria for mine. Mine was that I own them all. I also have three dividend stocks. I have one growth stock and I have one that's kind of a little bit of everything, but doesn't pay a dividend. You'll f- you'll find out whenever I uh, talk about it. My last one. All right. Now, I I think I'm looking at my list and I think all of mine pay a dividend. Yeah. So, all- should, so should we say this too? We, we asked before, we're like, what's the over under on how many stocks overlap? You so said I'll, two. You said two. I, I, I bet we have two on this, two, uh, two on the same. I'm going over. I'm go- I'm going over, but now I'm like looking at my list now, and I'm like, five is hard, man. So hard, dude. I literally I, I could have had twenty on this list. So maybe maybe at the end, depending on how long we draw this out, we'll we'll talk about some honorable mentions because that sounds that's, good. That's the other thing too, like people, and I I don't know what you're going to say and you don't know what I'm going to say, but like if one of us was like Coke and the other guy was like, what about Pepsi? And then somebody's Mm going to get in the comment section and say, what about both? Granted, my investment portfolio is not five stocks, but there are things that are in my portfolio that I do not consider buy and hold and maybe are approaching that. So we'll see. Like I said, this is, I just posted on Instagram, like 
our job is so kick-ass that we're doing it on a Saturday night. Like this is, it's Saturday night. It's a couple of days after New Year's and this is not a grind for us. This is what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, think about this for a second though, man. Like I know you are a money nerd. I'm a money nerd. There's other money nerds out there that are listening. How awesome is it that we literally get to sit we both are beer, big beer drinkers. Yeah, I'm pretty good at drinking beer. Same. <laughs> we both get to talk about what we're passionate about. Why? I mean, why would you not want to do that on a Saturday night? We, cheers, uh, bud, by the way. Cheers, too. And we, cheers to everybody listening. We, we talk for 25 minutes before we press record. We, I think JJ goes... Wait, are, are we recording? Is this actually is this part of the podcast? I was like, no, we haven't we haven't started the podcast yet, buddy's like, all right, let's get to this podcast. <laughs> it was literally about a half hour. Yeah, man. This is a little loosey goosey. We're gonna have a good time tonight and yeah, it's Saturday and that's what kind of makes money fun too. And money can often be taboo. So if you don't talk stocks and money with your friends on the weekends like maybe you don't have to put headphones on to do it but you should be like there's nothing taboo about this this is this is good i'm gonna let you jj i'm gonna let you start us off and throw a wrench in there because i know what your favorite stock of all time is or what you're you do if you like the whole like if you had if if you had 10 grand and gun to your head what are you buying i think i know what yours is Mm. Or at least you think that I know what it is. What, whatever. Don't say. Okay, go ahead. It's gonna be this first one is one of the two I think you're thinking of. So tell me if I'm wrong because the other one's not on the list. Okay. So, all right. Drum roll. My first stock on five stocks that I would buy and hold forever is a dividend-paying stock, but it's also kind of a growth stock too, and it's none other than Microsoft. Why Microsoft? Well, there's a few things. Microsoft is probably my f- single favorite company to own right now. Well, we'll wait for that part down later in the when we get to that stock. But anyways, Microsoft pays a dividend. Uh, they're also their valuations right now is a little it's it's high. Let's be honest, but they are I believe the third company to reach the trillion dollar market cap. They have a dividend yield right now of around one percent. So here's the thing with that. There's a couple things with the dividend why I really like this about Microsoft. Their payout ratio is around 35%. If you're not sure what a payout ratio, it's basically how what percentage of the company is paying out in dividends from their net income. So only 35% of that is getting paid out in dividends, which a good number to, to go by is about 60% or less. If you get up to 70, 80%, it starts to get a little like iffy, you know, but you need to look into it a little more. I'm not saying you can't buy them, just saying you need to look a little bit more due diligence. What I was also going to say about their dividend is that with Microsoft with Microsoft having such a low dividend right now is I believe Microsoft could be a good dividend growth company. So what I mean by that is that dividend is going to grow as your portfolio grows and as your Microsoft size grows as well. So that's kind of like the big benefit of owning Microsoft, not only as a growth stock, but as a dividend growth stock as well. Now, honestly, I'm not I don't know how in depth we want to go with all these picks, Brad, because like this one's a pretty popular stock. So I don't want to get into like nitty gritty details yeah. of, Oh, well, they do. I don't this. think we need to talk financials or anything like that. Okay. I mean, the, people need to understand that, that, like you mentioned, this is mostly opinion. Like every time I do an yes. opinion or anytime I talk opinions on YouTube, people are always like, this dude didn't even talk about their financial. Like I'm allowed to have an opinion about a stock without talking about their quarterly earnings. So I don't think we so need true. to go that deep. 
Okay, good. Well, then that, that'll make it easier for me to kind of like touch on this and stuff. Cause like, just like I like looking at the business concept. So like Microsoft now isn't so reliant on selling their like Microsoft office packages because, you know, back when Google Sheets was getting pretty popular, that's kind of a worry for, uh, for Microsoft and Microsoft shareholders. But now what's cool is they're really focusing on the cloud aspect of their business, which is, I think, just touching what the expand could be out there in the future. That's another reason why I really like Microsoft for the long term is the technology that they have available. But that's that's why I love Microsoft so much. And that's why it is one of my favorite dividend stocks ever to own right now. Brad, what's your first one? And first, tell me if that was on your list. So for people listening, for the YouTube people, I'm like trying to keep a poker face. Like maybe like as you say yours, I'll like zoom to you and cut away from me so I don't give anything away. Microsoft is number one on my list. <laughs> Wait, now, really? now for, I want to mention some things that um, you didn't mention. And I also think we should both touch upon Apple as well. Because okay. first, uh, let me talk about Apple first. I don't see them as direct competitors as many people do. Like, I feel like a lot of people put Apple, Microsoft in the same, like it's Apple and Microsoft. They're not Coke and Pepsi to me. They're Apple, Microsoft. They're very different. And a couple of things that as I'm on a MacBook Pro right now, I have an Apple in my pocket. I have an Apple TV. I'm a huge Apple like person. Consumer. Yeah, consumer. But I don't don't really know... I mean, I guess that's the best part about Apple. You don't know what they're going to do in the future. But there's just things that like annoy me that kept them off the list for me. Like I just bought a new phone for the first time since the 5S. I just bought the 12 mini and like doesn't come with a charger block. Now, I understand why they're trying to do that. And I understand reoccurring business and every my brother's like, yeah, I got 14 freaking sets of headphones. You don't need to do that. But just shady things that they do that like this engineered obsolete uh, obsolescence, like changing their ports and making things. So like right now you can't change out the batteries on the new phones. They do things that keep them in their own little freaking bubble. And I don't like that. The other thing that's worth mentioning, like got me off the Apple to like, I was a huge Steve jobs fan and I know they're doing great without him. And I just, until we see like what they can really do long-term without Steve Jobs, I, I don't know. I don't think they're going away, but I like Microsoft better. And with that said, I also like Bill Gates a ton. I think he's a really smart guy. I'm a big fan. I like what they're doing in gaming and for all the other things that you talked about. I think they, are well, they have a bigger diversification amongst their products. And when you mentioned the cloud thing, you're so right. And I'm a big fan of Dropbox as people that follow me know. And I think one thing about Dropbox, I mean, one thing about the cloud is everyone's kind of fighting for market share in there. And then once people start to establish that market share, I think the price is going to go up and all these cloud-based companies, the revenue is going to go up, Dropbox included. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Microsoft. As far as the evaluation, everyone's freaking evaluations are high. Everyone, every company's evaluation's high. There's going to be a stock crash. There's going to be a housing market crash. There's going to be all this doom and gloom. Today's highs are not tomorrow's highs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so true. Yeah. That's, that's funny. You say that about the Apple thing, man, because Apple was going to be on my list, but it didn't make it. It's not one of my top five. And I, I, I'm shocked to say that too, because it, with them, I will say this, the EV space that they're wanting to tap into I'm curious. 
and I, I am an Apple shareholder. I was gonna, I that's my that. question. Do you yeah. own? Because I own it. I also I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do own it. It's just not. It's not on my top five. No, me either. It's on my top five list. So there's, there's one of one for one for one. I yeah. Well, there's one. Gosh dang! I do want to say though. I I forgot to mention, and you said it. Uh, Microsoft's Xbox Gaming Edition. That's kind of that's also huge. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think they have a lot going on for them. I I think the future is just a little bit not brighter. I don't want to use the cliche brighter. I think easier. I think they've I think Apple has and maybe like I said, the best part about Apple is we have no idea. Like yeah. maybe they're like, "Oh, you cutie pies just think we make phones and and laptops. That's adorable." And then yeah, we're going to drop the greatest car ever. I I mm-hmm. don't know, but All right, you want you want to go you number go, 2 you go or second. do you wanna- You go 2. All right, so number two was the one that I thought you were going to say. Can I guess? Yes. Visa. Yes. Number number two on my list is Visa, and here's another one, Visa MasterCard, Visa MasterCard. I am a Visa fan over MasterCard only because of personal preference. I think they both have pretty, like, awesome – business models. And it's worth noting that if you don't know how Visa makes money, I'll go through it really quick because I did not realize this. And I held off on Visa so long because I was like, Visa credit card, Visa bad, credit card bad. And then I was like, oh my gosh, when I pay interest on a credit card, like Visa has nothing to do with that. Like pretty much all Visa does is they are the middleman between you, the bank and the person that you are spending money at. So essentially, the, the Visa makes money from the banks that issue the cards. So Chase says, hey, we want to offer our debit cards as Visa cards, or we want to have our credit cards be Visa cards. Visa says, okay, you're going to pay us this amount of money for us to be the transaction between the consumer, the producer, and you guys. And that was like mind-blowing to me. And then I thought about, okay, well, if they're making money that way from people swiping cards, not from the interest that you pay on your credit cards, but your debit cards, your no-fee credit, all these things, that's not going away. And even with all these different merchants, I just, I can't see them ever go, no one is going to compete with that. And even if MasterCard stays you know, at the, at the same level, there's enough people worldwide where they can split the difference and they're still going to be fine. I don't think we're ever going to get, and this is buy and hold forever. I don't think in my lifetime or even my kid's lifetime, there's going to be another, you're going to hold another credit card in your, in your wallet, or you're going to hold a debit card in your wallet from one of these banks that doesn't say Vista, MasterCard, or American Express, but... I, I just I just can't see it happening. They pay a very small dividend as well. So I guess people would call them a dividend growth stock. And if you just look at their their previous history and they kind of another thing I love about them too is they kind of stay out of the media. There's no like something that can bring them down like like what Mark Zuckerberg is trying to do to Facebook. And he just I think every day he wakes up and he's like, let's see how close we can get to tumbling all these cards to the ground. Like no one's ever going to really be like those villains over at Visa. Those the dirty, I heard that Visa is dirty with their child. I, I, and maybe there is, like call me crazy. I just think that they are 
going to be a staple. They are something that people need every, that they're pretty much the, one of the most underrated companies that we use on a regular basis. And I think when you can do that, when you are like that mysterious company that people use every day, but don't know they're using. And then the people that, you know, are making the money and giving out all the money are the ones operating them that I don't know, JJ, that's just a win for me. Yeah, no, it, Visa is another good pick, but I want to pick up on this on one of my picks down the road. So I can't, I, there's a lot of stuff I want to touch on, but I don't want to give my fourth pick away. But you can just say, is Visa on your list? No. You're a crazy person. You rigged the <laughs> I list. Know. Dude, that's, you, I've heard that's you, what I, that's I've heard what I you say, you. if I had, if you, if, if you had 10 grand a gun to my head, I've heard you say Visa. I know. That's not anymore. So you, can you say why, or that's what you want to talk about later? That's what I want to talk about for my fourth stock pick. All right. Are these in order from like first to worst? Cause I don't have, uh, a, I don't have a particular uh, order. Uh, yeah, I think mine are. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's your number two then? So number two is one I think Brad may have on his list as well. And it is drumroll Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson is practically in its own ETF in the healthcare industry. This business has so it's it's so diversified it makes Microsoft look like a little peon. <laughs> you know, but seriously though, like Johnson and Johnson, not only is that, but I love talking about this is another dividend paying stock if you guys aren't aware of. And one thing I love about this is Johnson and Johnson is part of the dividend aristocrats, but better yet, it's even part of the dividend kings. And basically what that is, is that is a group of stocks that for let me back up a little bit. The dividend aristocrat is for a group of stocks. That is, if you have a consecutive dividend that's been paid for 25 plus years, a dividend king, you double that. So they've been paying it for 50 plus years and every single year that dividend increases. So that is, that's a true dividend growth company. Now, Johnson and Johnson, I wouldn't really consider a dividend growth, although I know it will consecutively grow every single year, but it's, that's something, that's something I like to look into when I'm buying my long-term dividend stocks that I know I'm going to have my money with for a long time. And another thing is too, uh, their dividend is a decent sized dividend. It's 2.74%. Uh, they have a current valuation of around $400 billion, give or take. Uh, I haven't looked at it recently. It's literally off the top of my head. Uh, the pay ratio is around 50%. So it's under that 60% mark. And another great balance sheet. I mean, it's a it's a perfect stock if you ask me. I know they had some troubles a couple of years back with some the talc stuff and all that thing was going on. Um, but to be honest, this company is, is so well diverse, makes so much money and has so much cash on the books that I know they could kind of weather a storm or do some business changes if they need to, if something bad would happen to that company. And just with it being literally, I like this, I like the saying it's literally its own ETF because I feel like it's so diversified for a single company. It's not on my list. Okay. It danced on my list. Now I do own it. Okay. And you do or don't? I do own it. I do own it. There's a couple of things that kept it off the, the top five. Number one, they did have that, that mishap. And I don't think that that's over. And I don't think that's going to topple the company to the ground. Um, I just think it's going to be like the, I think there's going to be a little bit of the Me Too movement with this company when people start seeing 
And I think that's only a product of they were doing things that were acceptable in the past with chemicals and whatever that we're going to find out really aren't good. So I think that there's a little bit of a mishap there. To me, if I look at their growth versus their dividend, it's not enough for me to cons- to get really excited about it and put it on the top five. Like, don't quote me on this, but I think over the last five years, they've returned maybe like a little over 50%. So they're a 10% returner every single year, um, which includes that dividend. Um, that's total return that I'm talking about. So it's like, I feel like we're... I'm I'm totally okay with a 2.75 dividend, but I want to see just it's a little flat for me to be honest. It's a little flat and I don't know exactly what it's going to do. Now, does it I I have stocks in my portfolio that are completely flat. Duke Energy being one of them. You know, that's like one of my bonds. So I almost consider like you said that Johnson Johnson is like my foundation. Like you said it is like almost like it's a little ETF. Yeah. But I'm just not as excited about it as when I first got into dividend stocks because I think when I first got into dividend stocks, it has to come up on your list for the reasons that you explained. But now that I find like I can just go in some other different areas and I don't know what's going to happen with this talc powder and even Mm -hmm. if that spreads internationally, you don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, do I have their products all over my freaking house? Yes. Have I made a video about them? I think on my first buy and hold forever video, it was on there. So if you had to pick a healthcare, what would it be? Healthcare stock. Would it be Johnson and Johnson? Like, is that your top healthcare one or is there one yeah. out there that thinks better? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's some gray areas there as yeah. far as like what's healthcare, but true. Like there's some that overlap, you know, like is, is like AbbVie a healthcare stock? Yeah. I mean, that, that's definitely a wide range. You could even call like I mean, you could call Johnson Johnson a consumer staples company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, when you're as big as Johnson Johnson, you have that. You're so diversified. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this is the issue that we're going to have. And the good thing is we're probably going to get a lot of good stocks out there for people. But I mean, I think the long and short of it is just because we both, it's both not on our top five. If someone came up to me and they're like, I'm never going to invest in Johnson Johnson, I'd probably shake my head. <laughs> I'd probably be like, come on, man. Like yeah. you're, you're just straight up hating at this point. Yeah. You're just straight up. And that's how we open the episode. Like we have a lot more than five stocks in our portfolio. And I will say this. I think it's safe to say that if we don't have one on a matching list, then we both definitely own that other one. I think that will be right. Like you didn't have Visa on the list, but you own it. I don't have um, Johnson Johnson on my list, but I own it. But now that you say it, I, I'm going to buy some more on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> if for people on YouTube watching, I was actually looking up and seeing like some things about it and I'm just looking at some of their metrics real quick and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not as bad as I w- because when I was getting into it too, I was also looking when we were deep in the midst of the COVID and everybody was doing crappy, but they've dude, they've rebounded amazingly. In the last month they're up six percent. The last year they're up I mean the last three months they're up six point eight percent. And 10% for the year. If you have a stock that returns you 10% a year, I think Marco from Whiteboard Finance, he's like, 
we live in this age now, especially for the younger folks that are like, if you're not getting 25% a year, that stock freaking sucks. We're like, yeah. <laughs> my parents were like, I beg for 7% returns yearly. So it's like, if you're getting 10%, you freaking take that. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true. All right, man. Number three. Okay. So my number three is drumroll Pepsi. So you said that earlier and I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's on his list or not. So I actually just did a video uh, recently and it was about like stocks that I'm buying in 2021 and Pepsi is definitely one of them. Pepsi is also another one of those favorite dividend stocks of mine that I will most likely hold in my account forever unless something crazy happens. But there's a few reasons why with Pepsi. Great dividend paying stock, 2.76%. They're also a very diversified company. So I think that's kind of a... uh, What's the word I'm looking for, Brad? Gosh, dang it. Dominant. That's kind of a, no, that's kind of a theme going on in, in oh, this yeah. episode. Being well diversified. Is, yeah. I mean, you got to think about it though. Like when you buy a well diversified company, you're buying that because you want to buy that company for the long term. When, when you're diversified with a company or like when you're diversified in your investments, it's relatively, you know, less riskier of an investment. So that's why I have these on my list for my buy and hold forever stocks. That was a big criteria of mine that went into thinking of this list. But they're with them being a, a very diverse company is every time I, I've heard so many people on videos I've made about Pepsi in the past that like per, people I, on my know in my personal life, friends online, whatever it may be, it's always like, wow, I never really knew that Pepsi or PepsiCo, the holding company, owned all of these different brands. They own Cheetos. They own Quaker Oats. They own Frito-Lay. They even have a partnership with Starbucks on, you know, bottling some of their drinks. I mean, there's, there's such a wide variety of brands than just the soft drink company that we all know of. Dude, I, I brought up the list because it was so big and I knew. I think about every snack food, like Lay's potato chips, Doritos, Mountain Dew, Gatorade, Tropicana orange juice, Lipton iced tea. Not some of Starbucks' ready-to-drinks, all of their ready-to-drinks. Aquafina water, Ruffles, Cheetos, Tostitos, Fritos. Like, all of these things, Sierra Mist. That's that's before we, 7-Up, that's before we even mentioned Pepsi. Yeah. And and you were going to say, like, when you were saying all your friends say this, and all my friends say, well, dude, Coke is the highest-selling soda in the world. But- Continue because this is yours. No, I mean, if you ever got stuff like that to add, like, you know, I I wasn't going to talk, I wasn't even going to compare Coke to it. No, Um, but that people inherently want to. It's true. That's so true. So, I mean, that's, that's basically it. Like, again, like I could go into deep financials. Like, I will say this there is something I I don't like about Pepsi, but they still made it on the list. So, this is kind of a good thing to think of. Their pay ratio is a little on the high end. It's around 70, it's actually 79% right now. Last time I talked about them in another video, they were around 74%. So it's gone up, which is not good. But here's my thought process on that. I love Pepsi as a company. I like the I like the brands that they own, the moat they have around this company and where this company could grow 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But it's also the fact that if they would have to, let's say the payout ratio got even higher and they had to cut the dividend, I feel like... a a lot of people may be like, oh, well, I'm not buying the company because they've cut the dividend. I would still buy it. And I also would probably be buying more of it 
because to be honest, the price is probably getting hammered if they do cut the dividend. <laughs> so I'm buying up even more, hoping that the dividend will return down the road. But even if it doesn't, it's still a company I, w- I would feel comfortable owning in my portfolio. So I wanted to make that be known because I feel like that is something important to state. That is something I maybe don't like as much about Pepsi, but they do have a pretty decent balance sheet as well. Like it's, I mean, it's no Microsoft, Google by any means, but it's uh, it's definitely up there with some of the top ones. The reason I asked you before if this was like first to worst and mine wasn't, and this is the reason. Pepsi's my number one. If I had to list them first to worst, I don't think as far as buy... I don't know. Let's just say I go to I would go to bed sleeping the best at night. If you told me I had to list all my money like I might be definitely not returning the most, but as far as like safety, I like yeah, I could if I had to put all my money in something else like even Microsoft. So maybe saying number 1, that's why the I guess these are all our quote our number ones, but I could not agree with you more. I feel so strongly about the company of PepsiCo that I could scream from the mountaintops. And ever since I started making videos about stocks, I really got into stocks, let's say maybe a year ago, maybe even less. I've definitely wavered on my opinions on some, but I've been a strong Pepsi fanboy from the beginning. And I've even made videos comparing Pepsi Coke. You said you didn't want to do that. I've done it. I got chewed apart. And I'll tell you this, and for all the people that want to chew me apart, if you're going to chew me apart, do it without mentioning Warren Buffett's name. Mm-hmm. Is that what? Well, I was just about to ask you, what are they chewing you up about? That's a better company because Warren Buffett owns so much of it. If, oh, Warren Buffett owns, if Warren Buffett owns so much of it, it must be the greatest company in the freaking world. If Warren Buffett has been drinking it at his uh, financial meetings every single year for the last, mm-hmm. like, that's a good point. Either that or they say, uh, Coke is the number one selling soft drink. I'm like, yeah, but like when you go to a Super Bowl party, there's going to be one coming up soon and you can write this down. When you go to a Super Bowl party, bring your 12 pack of Coke, okay? And then don't eat a Pepsi snack. Just eat Coke snacks for the rest of the night. <laughs> Do it. And then tell me that that you don't think there's a bigger moat or a stronger brand there. Like, enjoy the co- I'm not gonna lie I like the flavor of Coca-Cola better and this is not a Coke Pepsi debate you can go watch my video if you really want to hear me get tight about this because it my only thing is hang on can I can I say something real yeah. quick I was just about to say that I drink Diet Coke but I'm a Pepsi shareholder yeah don't, don't get me wrong I, I'll drink Diet Pepsi too but we buy Diet Coke but I'm a Pepsi shareholder like I, said, I don't and I don't own Coke you go to the party and there's there's no Coke or Pepsi you're not pissed. You go to a Super Bowl party and there's no Tostitos there? There's no freaking Funyuns? No Cheetos? There's no on, Cheetos baby. and Funyuns at the party? You're pissed. So if you're going to come at me about Coke, and I'm even giving you time to take notes for when you bump into me. Take some notes. Put it in your <laughs> pocket. For when you bump into Brad, you are not allowed to mention Warren Buffett's name in your defense for Coke. Good luck. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. So that's two. That's two now. Two for five. So here's my third, and it kind of. I don't think we have the next two on my next two on the list. Okay, so the the next two, and this goes on kind of your excitement when you said if they did cut their dividend, the price would get smacked. 
my next one, the dividend got cut. The price got smacked. And I got super excited. And I I did the Kramer, bye, 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 bye. And now six months later, I'm feeling warm, warm and fuzzy inside. Then they just released some incredible news about future ventures that they got going on in the next couple months to a year. And the price jumped again. And Brad got even warmer and fuzzier inside. Go, JJ. Who is it? Come on. Dude, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm trying to think of companies who have cut their dividend. Yep. We got GE, got Ford, bunch of airline companies. Bigger. A uh, bunch of cruise companies. Dude, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm literally trying to think, but I'm trying to think of a company that cut their dividend. I don't know. Do you want to build a snowman? Disney. Ride our bike around the hall. Dude, solid pick. <laughs> Solid pick, and I'm gonna say I'm not. I hope I don't I ruin this for you. I think some company is overdue. Oh I started God. talking to the pictures Guys, on the make wall. Make them stop. Make them stop. Hang in there, John. No, listen. One word for Disney moving forward. To be honest, man, out of everything they have, Disney effing plus. When I just said a minute ago, Pepsi is my number one. Like, like bit my tongue. I was like, oh, oh hold on. That's a solid pick, man. That's in my son's portfolio. That's his favorite stock he owns. He owns four shares of them, four and a half shares of them with dividends included. And I'm going to give a shout out to my Discord and Aaron, who we got a voicemail from the other day. He is in SoCal right outside Disney. And when we were hate, and I've even hated on it. I have a love-hate relationship with them because it is easy to love-hate them with what's been going on and Corona and their parks closing and they cut their dividend and this, that, and the other thing. And it's very easy to jump off board and get on board. I understand that. And Aaron's always like, buy and hold forever, buy and hold forever. And even myself, a full disclosure, I'm like, no. Like, they're not a buy and hold forever for me. I think they're screwed. And then when they came out with Disney Plus, we were like, ooh, do they even, do they even really need the revenue from the parks? And then Disney Plus was doing pretty good. And then we thought Corona was going to die down and they cut off and they laid off a bunch of other people. And you're like, oh man, is Disney plus enough? Like we kind of need these parks to open up. So true. Then you just start seeing the direct, like they don't even need movie theaters anymore. They're like, you want to know what? We're we're not going to do this. And then I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's just for kids. Then I sit down like late night and it's still on from when my daughter was watching something on there, anything because everything is freaking on there and there's nothing bad that a kid can't watch. And I start scrolling through some of those old movies and things get mm-hmm. nostalgic and even the new stuff like, like, and I never thought I'd watch a cartoon and then I watch Coco and I'm like super fired up about it. And I'm not even into the whole Marvel and all of that scene. I'm not even into it, but I know how crazy people can get over that. Like you said, Disney plus, there is no question in my mind that, you know, that their streaming service is, is always going to be top notch. They, they know what they're doing here. And it kind of goes back. I remember when I was a kid and they would release the VHS of their, their classics, like once a year, they'd release Cinderella on VHS, the newly mastered. And I'm like, who's buying these freaking things every year? They post the same exact movie. Why are they buying? And people are Disney fanatics. 
You go on YouTube and you search like Disney crazy people, like people hoarding all this stuff. Like this is generational. It's, it really is. This Disney is one of those companies where adults can love it just as much as kids, just as much as kids. Like I get fired up for some Disney movies just as much as my daughter gets fired up for Moana. And I'll start singing that if you really want me to, you know, it's oh baby. And right now they're crushing and all people are doing is talking about the, the streaming service. When their parks open up again, their parks are going to open up again. Like even if it's in five years, even if Corona knocks us on our ass for five years, when my daughter's seven in five years, she's actually when my daughter's eight in five years and the parks open up, you want to know the first freaking place I'm taking my daughter when she's eight years old, I'm taking her to, to see, to see Cinderella's castle. Mm-hmm. So they already have my business for the next five years. And you want to know what, if they open in two years, if they open tomorrow, I'm going in the spring. And then when she's five and a little bit older, I'm going to take her again. And then when she's 10 and she understands a little bit more, I'm going to take her again. And then when she's 18 and I can take her to Epcot and do beers of the world, we're probably going to do that. Like I just, I go, I go go on a rant and rant about, and this has nothing to do. Like you mentioned with the financials, the financials speak for themselves. They, they also know how to freaking make money. You wouldn't be around for as long as you've been around and not be making money. We don't need to talk about the financials. I think the the question here is, are they going to be a, a powerhouse that they are right now forever? And I can't see my daughter not watching Disney movies with her kids. Facts. That's, I, I just can't. And it would be hard for, I don't know. That's, that's my number three. Yeah, dude. That's, uh, man, now that, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, that's definitely one I, uh, that and my fifth one I have is is like now it's like hand in hand when you brought it up. Because I'll be honest with you, Disney didn't even pop on my radar, I guess, when I was putting this list together. But it's one of those things where you said it, and I'm like, how in the hell did I not even think about having that on here? Do you want the return numbers? Go ahead. So what what would you say last year, 365 days, what do you think they're up or down? Oh man. So through everything, through Corona right now, yeah. what do you think they're, what do you think their last 365, essentially now this is a new year. So what do you think their 2020 was through everything? Worst year in existence. Uh, like between 15 and 20%. 23.8%. Yeah. What do you think their last five years are? Ooh, 80 to hundred? 72%. Okay. But like, I'm more impressed by that. Like if you, th- if you thought about the doom and gloom of 2020 yeah, and you think about companies that got hit the most, the, all, the, all their parks have been closed since March yeah. worldwide. And they, and there's now granted, I know that like share price is not directly related to the company and income and things like that. But if you can go through the doom and gloom and the smart people of this world that are investing in Disney still rose that stock up 24% in the last year. Yeah, man, it's a $328 billion market cap. Disney's a good one. Disney is definitely a solid pick. It's uh, dude, it's close. It's close to my fifth one. It's going to be tough. So what was that was my third? And we've already matched one. I only have one more original to share because I shared because you picked I've, I've released Microsoft, which we shared. Visa was new. Disney's mm-hmm. new and Pepsi we shared. Yep. So you have two more that I don't know about and you, and I have one more that you don't know about. Correct. 
All right, you go. So my fourth one is what I wanted to touch on with Visa. And this is why it made the list over Visa is because I am more bullish on this company, how the market's moving, the new generations. I believe 20 years down the road, this will be a better stock than Visa. Can I guess it? Go ahead. Square. PayPal. Oh, close. Okay. It's, yeah. One, one of those two. Yeah. So a couple reasons that I am a shareholder and why I think I'm very bullish on PayPal down the road is, and this is my, also, this is my growth stock of the pick. So it's a little riskier. Um, I wanted to kind of switch it up a little bit just to give the listeners a good taste of different stocks. So PayPal, why is this on my list? So first, PayPal is definitely taking revenue from, from MasterCard. Or I'm sorry, from, from well, from MasterCard and Visa and, and all of those, mm-hmm. because they're they're on the transaction side. Absolutely, but so I, yeah, on the transaction side, I have a uh, e-commerce store. I, I sell merch on my main YouTube channel. Drink beer, buy stocks, baby. Let's go. And I would say 75 percent of the orders I get, maybe more, are through PayPal. So this is how PayPal is stealing or, or taking. Visas and all the other cards uh, revenue is PayPal is giving users a way now to pay online without having to put in you know your credit card information or anything like that. So why would you not use it? And I'll be honest, it's also so much easier if you have your stuff like just in there, click it, bam, PayPal address done. You know, there, there's no big steps. The convenience is there, but I also see, I see, I see it advancing. I mean. The biggest thing about PayPal that I wanted to touch on today is they own Venmo. Venmo is, I feel like, the largest app now. It's it's like the new cash. You know, instead of giving your buddy five bucks for a beer at the bar, you're Venmoing five bucks because no one freaking carries cash anymore. Venmo is huge for PayPal. And I remember before, like when Venmo first came out, I was like, how do I invest in this company? And when PayPal acquired them, it's perfect. Awesome. Now, a couple things here. They're expanding on those peer-to-peer payments with Venmo. Uh, they are also starting to include payments to merchants. So instead of having to swipe your credit card, you can Venmo them. It's one click of a button. Also, recently added the ability to buy and sell crypto. And we all know I'm pretty bullish on the crypto industry. So I think that's a huge aspect as well. Again, this is all growth tendencies here. You know, these this is makes this sounds like a growth company. So that is some of the reasons why I am very bullish on PayPal. Now, as far as like a valuation goes, PayPal's a little high right now. They are. They're at close to their all-time highs. So it's it's still kind of tough to buy them right now. But I am buying, I will say this. I am buying PayPal every single month in 2021. It's a goal I have. I don't care where it's at. I'm buying it. Because I feel like 10 years down the road. I will say this. Out of all the stocks we're going to talk about today, PayPal will be the stock that I think people look back on 20 years down the road, and it's like, man, I wish I would have bought Apple in the 80s. It's just me. Bold statement, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for him. Yep. I mean, I, the, I love this freaking episode because I just keep putting my foot in my mouth. A, a little <laughs> while ago, I said that there probably wouldn't be a stock that, even if it wasn't on our list, that one of us didn't own. I don't own it. And... To be honest, I, I still, I still don't 
want to, even after hearing what you had to say, here, a couple things that I, and, and I'm going to give you my reasons why I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Do it. Number one, I hate their user interface. I, I just do not understand like how their website works when I log in as somebody that uses PayPal. Like when I want to have people send me money through PayPal, am I giving them my email? Is it the link thing with the slash and my user? Like I just, that really just irritates me. Next. I just want to touch on the Venmo thing. Venmo there's to me to be buy and hold forever. You have to have some major proprietary agent and even with the crypto that you mentioned, like Cash App is essentially doing, and that's why I said Square. Cash App is essentially doing what Venmo is doing. So that like sketches me out a little bit too. But here's- You mean like as a competitor? Yeah. Yeah. But same thing with Visa, MassCard, and Discover, and all those guys too though. I understand that like- There's going to be market share that some companies will get to take. But I do believe that some- industries or sectors have not established strong enough market share to make them forever. Like I think Visa and MasterCard have, yes. Could somebody come out and make a company identical to them? Yes. But the the uphill climb almost makes it not worth it. Like if a buddy came to me and said, Hey, I want you to invest in this company. I'm going to think about competing with Visa MasterCard. Or I would be like, no. But if someone was like, Hey, I got this really great idea for peer to peer lending and we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. I'm not saying I'm jumping on that, but I'm saying it's much easier, in my opinion, to get on that. But here's the real reason. And this goes for Square as well, because I know people love Square. People are so attached to their money and the trust of their money. And I feel like if any sector, because I almost put JP Morgan on my list, but like if there's any sector that could crumble in a second, there's any company that could crumble in an instant. It's a company that has to do with money because when you lose the trust of people, when it comes to money, I just, that's kind of what happened to Wells Fargo. Like they effed with people's money and they're gone. Like I don't think Wells Fargo will ever recover to the point that they ever were. Will they get bailed out and blah, blah, blah. And will they always be like dwindling around and be in a couple neighborhoods? Maybe. But I think when you mess with people's money, and I'm not saying that Square or PayPal is ever going to do it. I'm saying if it does happen, like I have a buddy that his PayPal, uh, his Venmo got hacked one time. Visa cards get hacked all the time. Absolutely. It probably wasn't even, probably wasn't Venmo's fault. To be honest, this guy's not that bright. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually is really, really smart. <laughs> it was better for the story to say he wasn't that bright. <laughs> But he will never again ever use Venmo. I'm like, dude, it was one time you're being a little dramatic and he will never again use it. Now, I use it. I love Venmo. I Venmoed you yesterday. I, I love Venmo. But forever? You don't... Forever? Yes. Again, though, you got to think, though, man, my criteria around this pick is a growth stock. You know, I'm, I, it's a little riskier pick. Could I, could I have easily picked another dividend stock? Yeah, but... Who's going to be that boring unless you're going to give me another dividend stock here? So just to play fun, <laughs> just to play, just to play fun and games, fun and games again, like you think that they have more potential than square. Now, see that, that is a good question. And that's where I am. Like, I don't know. Cause I don't own square. Yeah, either. Gotta, uh, full disclosure. I don't either one, but if 
I feel like if somebody put a gun to my head, I'm going to go square over PayPal. No, I feel why like- is that? We got to think though. Square is more. Okay. So take out cash app and Venmo. Square is more for merchants and PayPal. I feel like is more for the everyday consumer, which again, I feel like both sides will come out even like I, it's just on whatever one you feel more comfortable. Yeah, with. But where does it, where does the everyday consumer spend money? At That's mer- what I mean. That's why I say it's, yeah. well, or you know, it could be a gas station. It could be a grocery store. Grocery stores aren't using Square. Gas stations aren't using Square. It's usually your smaller companies. And then again, if let's say this, I, I've heard that people say the one danger with Square is they do focus more on small business, mm-hmm. and we all know what's going on with small businesses right now. Yep. So, okay, yeah, but but again, think about this though: PayPal and Square can go hand in hand. You know, you, maybe you're doing a transaction. Well, can you even pay PayPal through Square? I don't even know. That's a good question. I'll have to look that up. Like if you pay, do a transaction with PayPal through Square, no, it has to be through no. a credit card, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, that's another reason. So that's just me. There's a couple of things in this world where... And again, I, hang on. I quickly want to say this. There are definitely much less riskier stocks, but I wanted to make it a little fun here. You want to spice it up. I mean... Yeah, for sure. Maybe, I, maybe my next one spices it, but this is one of those things where it's like, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm shocked that out of five that you had to choose for that, that got on there. I never would have guessed it in a million. If you put it in a multiple choice with seven, I would have left that in the bottom two. But think about, so pick a growth stock though. That's kind of what I was going to pick any growth stock. What would it be off the top of your head? I mean, do you have one without, obviously you're not thinking real deep into everything right now, but if you had to pick one growth stock, doesn't pay a dividend. That's going to be growing over the next 10, 20 years. What is it going to be? It might be my last one. Okay. then go, what is it? Uh, so are we are we off? Yeah. Are we done with this one? Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of goes hand in hand. What is it? Amazon. Okay. I don't think a Amazon is going to pay a dividend for a very long time. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I don't think they're going anywhere. And I think the one thing when I talk about Amazon is people talk about you know what's going on with. Facebook and how they're just buying up every the antitrust and all this stuff. And I had this conversation with my buddy and I don't know if quote, everyone's worried about Amazon taking over the world, but I will tell you this, anything that Amazon's done in quote, taking over the world has made my life more convenient and I'm not unhappy about it. And that's very different than what Facebook has done with social media and I, tr- and how I truly believe that they've manipulated our minds and things like that. Amazon has done good things. And like, even let's take it for example and things that they're like trying to take over the world, right? They started as like a bookstore and then they did this and, and most recently they bought Whole Foods, but they kept Whole Foods exactly the same. All they did was add same day delivery from Whole Foods at no extra price. If you have their Amazon prime, Amazon Prime is too expensive, Brad. Oh, maybe to some people, but for somebody that delivers, gets things delivered a lot, especially during this pandemic, it's been fantastic. And I also think that, how can they grow, Brad? Well, I think that they can do what they do with Whole Foods with other companies. We talk about some things that are, quote, am, uh, like Amazonable, like, I mean, unAmazonable, like Home Depot, for example. I used to say there's no way that they can replicate what Home mm-hmm. Depot does. Right. But then they bought Whole Foods and they kept Whole Foods structure exactly the same, mm-hmm. but just add same day deliveries. Uh, now I changed my mind and I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's not Home Depot, but maybe you take a company like Lowe's and 
you say, okay, we're going to buy you because we have more money than is probably in circulation. And we're going to keep everything identical. But if you need sheetrock, we're going to send in a team and their primary job is going to be to bring you sheetrock. You order it the night before and it's going to be there by 9 a.m. Now things change. So now Amazon owns them, but it's still Lowe's. Now, I don't think there's a problem with an umbrella company. Like how many companies does Berkshire Hathaway quote own a majority stake in? Nobody's pissed off about how much Berkshire Hathaway owns because Berkshire Hathaway owns these shares, but the companies and their board of directors still run it as their own company. Whole Foods. I don't think anybody, and I have people that know friends that work at Whole Foods. I'm not speaking for everybody that works for Whole Foods or for Amazon, but I don't think there's anybody at Whole Foods right now that's like, damn it. I really miss those days before Amazon owned us. <laughs> I'm really, I can't believe what that Jeff Bezos came in here and did, you know? And I just, I don't see now could their share price, like, is it going to continue to grow? I think it's going to continue to grow. Like it's been doing only more people are going to gr- learn about Amazon. And if you don't know about Amazon, you may be just young. Like my daughter doesn't know what Amazon is, mm-hmm. but there's no one that's going to grow up and not have Amazon be a ma- major part of their life. I just, I, I can't. And is that considered a growth stock? I think it is. Yeah, I guess, I guess it is. I guess I was putting, like I was putting Amazon, Amazon, I guess it's on its own level, but yeah, I mean it, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean it, I would, if I had to pick between, did you want me to say Tesla? Cause I, I'm not going to say, no, it. okay, no, I, I wouldn't say Tesla either. But I mean, I, I made a video about Dropbox. I have more faith in Dropbox than I do about PayPal. Oh, wow. I'm not, I would disagree on that, but I guess I, I'm thinking as Amazon is, uh, yeah, if I was thinking growth stock like that, I probably wasn't thinking Amazon, but man, dude, I mean, I'll say this. If I had to pick between Amazon and PayPal, like I would put my money in Amazon. I would. So like, I guess that kind of defeats the purpose of why I put PayPal on here, but I'm also thinking like, when I was putting that growth stock together, I guess I was thinking of something that wasn't, I don't know. I just didn't want to go the Amazon route. Basically, that's what I'm getting at. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to, because everyone want to be knows Amazon's there. Yeah. You didn't want to be, yes. cli- you didn't want to be cliche. And yeah, that's totally okay. You know, I wanted to bring something that was more fun and PayPal was it. But if honestly, like if I had put, if I had to put 50 grand and 50 grand is a lot of money to me in one stock and it could be either PayPal or Amazon. I'm going to Amazon. So, and Amazon's not on your list. No, it's not. But again, my criteria was a little different. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, and, and these will maybe will come up in our honorable mentions. I mean, we are almost at an hour right now, but. Oh my I'm, gosh. I'm having, I knew that was going to happen. I'm having, I'm having so much fun. And I just cracked another PBR for my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, but these are the conversations. We need to have more stock episodes because these are, guys, this is really what JJ and I, what we, when we're really shooting the breeze, what we're really talking about. Yeah, no doubt. It's just hard because things do change and it's going to probably be really hard to listen to this episode in a year. Things might, ch- I hope things don't change. Well, I mean, I say 10 years. I hope you're right. And like, what did you just said that you just said that what PayPal is going to be the Apple of the 80s? What did you say? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think PayPal is going to be one of those stocks where people look back twenty years from now and be like, "Damn, I wish I would have bought that." What would be your argument on that when people say like PayPal's been around for years? Why now? I think just the increase in the new generations coming up and seeing how I th- see how I th- seeing how things are changing 
in the consumer space, where we're going to, everything's online, everything's sending, no one's going to be holding credit cards anymore. Like, I really think that that life will change that much 20, 30 years down the road. I mean, look what it's been like from the 80s to now, man. Yeah. Like, look at the li- like, look at the lifestyle then versus now. And I really am thinking that long ahead with PayPal to where I could see it being one of the first of its kind like Apple. And no one can come out and beat Apple because they were one of the first to get there. They built up a big name. Like the they Beatles. Built up a good brand. No, no band can Absolutely. ever be better than the Beatles, right? <laughs> yep. So it's it's just one of those things. And that's kind of a personal opinion of mine. And again, guys, this is not financial advice. These are two average dudes giving their opinion on stocks. The last thing, the last thing I have to say about because I'm more like trying to talk myself out of PayPal because you're because <laughs> you're a really smart dude. You're probably freaking right. Here's here's my last devil's advocacy against this. What happens if like banks like turn their act around and it wasn't three days to make an ACH transfer and it wasn't five days to make a wire transfer and they just came up with a way where they weren't manipulating your money and you could make an instant instant transaction peer to peer. Like we we're sharing a bank account now because we have a business and but if I need to put money into that bank account, it's probably going to be a day or so. If there was a circumstance where you're at the courthouse and you're like, Brad, there is a house right now. I'm getting it at auction. I need 50 K by noon. Like, yeah, if I can Venmo you that it's going to happen instantly. If I have it in PayPal, it's going to happen instantly. But what happens if it, if chase bank comes around and says, Oh, I can make that happen instantly. And all I need to do is log into my chase account and send you 50 grand instantly. Does that hurt pay? Does that hurt PayPal? But why would they switch though? I mean, you got to think of how many different banks there are. You know, if you don't have Chase's app, can you, are you able to do that instant transfer to me who has a bank with commerce? That's a local bank here in yes. Missouri. I'm saying that the bet. The so you're set. Okay. But that's like legal issues and everything oh, okay. gets a little bit farther advanced. That, that's the reason I say that because with Venmo, it's the same app. The transaction are there real quick. But if we're going to assume that. You know, like that you can do it through like different banks and stuff, which that's you're talking totally different companies and businesses and everything like that. Where Venmo is Venmo. So that that is the only thing I can say about that is like a a debate against that is you're you're talking hundreds of thousands of banks out there to where Venmo is its own company, its own app. It's that's why it's so easy to do that. And they do own the market share in that because I mean, you ask somebody if they, if they know what cash app is and unless they've heard the rap song, they have no idea. <laughs> and that's the other thing back to my people trust money too. Like I trust Venmo and don't use cash app because I've used Venmo. So there's trust works yeah. both ways when it comes to money. All right, JJ, what's your, do you have, you have one more, right? Cause we gotta- I got one. I got one more and I'll make it quick. I don't think that needs a much explanation at all. Uh, when I say this, you, everyone knows what it is. Um, it's what we do whenever we search for anything we want to learn. We Google it. I'm buying Google. That's all I got. I mean, that's really all I got to say. There, there's nothing else to say about Google, man. Like they don't pay a dividend yet. That That is something that- um, You're not worried about their antitrust and, and not privacy and, and everything that's going on and how they're going to be tied in with uh, Facebook and all that? Nope. Even if they get broke up or whatever it may be, then that'd be the best thing for a Google shareholder. You get multiple different businesses you get to own if you're already a shareholder of Google and gets broke up. So, I mean, no, I'm not too worried about it at all. And I don't see anyone competing with Google down the road. Never. 
I agree with that hundred percent. And the only reason that I, I don't have them outside of my index funds is because I don't know enough about the whole antitrust thing. And yeah. sometimes for me, bad press is just not even worth it for me when there's so many other awesome, awesome companies out there. Yeah, but that's fair. I could never, I use Google every freaking day. Mm-hmm. Every, every freaking day. So does everybody else. That's it, man. That's all I, I told you to make it quick. Google it. If you want more information about what JJ <laughs> thinks about that, just freaking Google it. Google it or YouTube it. Stay on YouTube, which people may not know. Yeah. Google do. owns YouTube. Their second highest uh, revenue producing company. I believe that's right. Don't quote me on that. And the second biggest search engine in the world. Maybe that's what I was going with. When you get on there, you should search Brad Finn, JJ Buckner. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the like button. All right, bud. You got anything, you got anything to add before we get out of here today? Yeah. What an episode it's been. My goodness. This is, this is like one of those old. It's a Saturday night episode. What do you expect? It's people? one of Come those on. old YouTube li- live streams where it's like, yes. let's just hop on for 20 minutes. And then four hours later, I'm sleeping. Oh You're gosh. texting me. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> people are saying, what did Brad just snore? Nah. <laughs> Real quick. I, I will say this. Let, let us know your thoughts on the picks and let us know what your picks are on the Facebook group. Uh, just it's, uh, there is a link down below in the show notes, or you can just search average money on Facebook and it'll pop up. Yeah. I don't think anything, I don't think anybody that has something on their list of buy and hold forever is not really a company that we don't know about. I think it'd be rare, rare to hear somebody, but this is a buy and hold and people that are in this space haven't heard about it, but maybe your opinions and maybe you can share your, as you saw JJ and I, we did not have some of these things on our list and we definitely had our opinions and, Sometimes opinions can change you for the good. Like I'm definitely going to go back and reevaluate my thoughts on Johnson and Johnson and definitely go back and look at both PayPal and square. So guys, not all opinions are bad opinions. And when you disagree, sometimes that could help other people. Guys, thanks so much for putting up with this episode. I, I don't know how I'm going to even edit this down. This one might just be an hour long episode. And until we get, see you guys in the next one. Cheers.